Oh, we're not doing live live? Not live live, no. Okay. But it is recording now. It goes to YouTube, and then I can download it and record it. Groovy. Groovy. I think so. Fantastic. Did you have any questions you wanted? And you didn't get an answer from either of you on that. Uh, no, I, think I, don't, I don't think so. I have my likes and don't likes and just okay. other comments. So Okay, perfect. I already, I already know one of Ryan's dislikes. All right. You can't say... Uh, don't say it now. <laughs> that? You can't say gall? No, that was oh. not it. I'd never heard her, na her name pronounced anywhere. So oh, I was just, you just read it, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Are we ready? I am. Okay. Do you have your big sheet of paper that says start now? Yeah, I was going to order. I need to order a clapper like you were talking you about. I know, because this doesn't honestly doesn't actually help me all that much. Unless I happen to catch right where it was. I think you need to leave that in the broadcast. Yeah, really? <laughs> start. 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 And then at the end, have one that says end. <laughs> no. Fiend. Fiend. I need to get the little mutant enemy, like, do my own mutant enemy characters. No. I can, like... Because that's all they were when they made, when they first made it, was, like, paper. Yes. Arg, yes. <laughs> All right. Then take a sip of water because that's what I always do. It's a true story. Hello and welcome to the Geek Embassy Watches. For this month's episode, we are going to watch and talk about Wonder Woman. So I'm here today with Ryan and Mark. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hi. <laughs> And as some of you may know, if you've been following the Geek Embassy or Game On Girl or any anything involved with me ever, um, <laughs> I'm kind of a big Wonder Woman fan. What? Just a little. Just a little. So Ryan, describe what it was like a couple of years ago to stay in my guest room. Um, well, I woke up, I rolled over, and when I got out of bed, I was wearing a cape, boots, and this little crown thing. It was amazing. <laughs> it's like, like a magic trick. Magically Oof, I walk out to take my uh, my morning constitution, and I'm dressed like Wonder Woman. It's awesome. <laughs> That's pretty much the size of it, yeah. Yeah. Wonder Woman <laughs> everywhere. She's watching me sleep. Watching a me giant, sleep. like, cookie jar bust, which is up on my shelves right now. I now, I didn't then, but I now have a Wonder Woman piggy bank, like a big piggy bank, Wonder Woman piggy bank. Um, the funny thing is almost everything that I have that's Wonder Woman is a gift that somebody else has given me. Um, there are a handful of things I've bought myself over the years, um, but for the most part, everything that I have, I have been gifted. So it's kind of my my collection and my in-joke for the collection, at least, is that most everything comes from other people. So yes, so Wonder Woman's awesome. So I was kind of looking forward to this movie. Just a little? Maybe just a little bit. Um, but I also was looking forward to it with some reservation, knowing that there was a lot of pressure to be put on not just this movie, but, you know, the character, because it was Wonder Woman, but also because it was like a leading female superhero. So it had a lot of sort of cultural baggage, let's say. Well, I think we, we need to call back to our last episode when we discussed that we were going to be watching Wonder Woman and right. Ryan 
was very trepidatious about it. You were somewhere in the middle, hoping it was going to be good, but not expecting anything. And I was actually expecting it was going to be pretty good. Right. And so how did we fall out from that? And like, how do we come out from that? Well, how did you, how did you fall out with that, Ray? Since you were the, the least hopeful. Um, I was pleasantly surprised. <laughs> I enjoyed the movie. They, you know, DC finally figured out how to be Marvel. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that was my takeaway. So, oh, they finally figured out the formula. Way to go, guys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it only took yeah. how many really, really bad movies before they got there. Way to, way to stop throwing paint at the wall and see if he made a picture. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're trying to be Marvel. Um, but No, I'm not saying they were trying to be Marvel. I'm just saying... Well, no, I think they were. I think they were trying to be Marvel. I, I take that back. I do mean that in every sense of the way. Well, I don't if you feel look like at it, it, just look at it. Guardians of the Galaxy, and then you have what's that? That's also like musical, music all over the place, music in the promo. You have Suicide Squad. It's like they're copycats. Well, to a degree, but I think that the DC world is also a lot darker, and Wonder Woman definitely showcased that and that you're dealing with World War One, which is one of the most horrific wars that the planet's ever seen. So I I think that, yeah, they're trying to make good superhero movies too, but I don't think that they're necessarily trying to be Marvel specifically. I think they're trying to do their own thing because I think DC has always been a little bit grittier than Marvel has. Well, yes. Uh, I'm not saying they're trying to be like storyline-wise... Marvel. I'm just saying they're trying to replicate the Marvel formula that's been winning for years upon years now. Almost a decade. To where they make movies that people want to go see because it's a enjoyable experience. Not like, what were they trying to do with that type mm -hmm. thing? Where you're left you scratching know. your head trying to figure out like who was writing this or who edited this and like pieced it together in such a bad way. Well, it was like when Superman came out, which was the first big DC movie after the Dark Knight series. Like Superman was trying to be Batman. the same flavor as the Batman movies, mm -hmm. and it didn't work. Right. So they just, and then they made Batman versus Superman, which I still haven't seen because nobody says I should. <laughs> That's never a good sign when people go, "Yeah, don't watch it." I I liked that movie. Okay, I mean it's all right, um, but it's not a superhero movie. I I my honest feeling has always been that Batman versus Superman is more like a political thriller that just happens to have superheroes in the end of it. That's, yeah. that's, that's how it felt to me. So it's kind yeah. of, where are we going with this? Yeah, I didn't, I have, but haven't seen that either, but I've read certain things that give me that impression as well. Um, I really do think a lot of what has been missing from DC movies is a fair amount of character development. And I think like Ryan said, they did kind of catch on to that. Oh, the dark Knight did so well. Let's, let's dirty up Superman and see what happens without taking into consideration the fact that Superman wasn't supposed to be dirty. Like his, the core of his character is that he's this like outstanding person. He's so the Captain America of the DC. Right. Yeah. But I mean, but Marvel's treatment of Captain America has been good because he hasn't been, you know, too bright and shining and he has had his complications, but they've been so well written and designed that, you know, they're, they've been integrated more, more readily. So, yeah, but um, uh, as a warning before we sort of dive in to talk about the specifics of the movie, uh, we are going to spoil everything because this is a podcast and a. Uh, yeah, it's been you know, two weeks talking about it. 
<laughs> that's kind of why I record these now. Like I could, you know, we kind of miss the wave of like everybody talking about everything, but I don't want everything to come out on the show and be like, hi, here's everything about the best movie of the summer. So, yeah. We don't know if it's the best movie of the summer yet. It's just the beginning of the summer. We got lots of good stuff coming out. <laughs> yeah, and it seems to me that uh, you just spilled the beans on how you feel how it shook out, Regina. No, uh, yeah, I'm a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> she, she just basically let it all put it all on the table. The best movie of the summer. Well, okay, so we we know that you were. Wow, happy. this will be the last episode of this podcast, won't it? <laughs> We don't even need to go to the rest of them because, hey, this one's the best. I think the best episodes of this are when when I hate the movies. Because <laughs> <So laughs> there's only so much you can say when you're like, well, this was awesome, and this was awesome, and this was awesome, and this was awesome. I don't think it was all a big awesome fest for, for Wonder Woman. Yeah. No. But I honestly think that it lived up to what I was expecting. Yeah, I it, well, and I went in, like I said, with lower expectations because I really did want to have kind of a reserved uh, feel about it. And there were lots of reviews that came out that were talking about how great it was. And I just didn't want to be, um, I didn't want to hype myself to the point where I was expecting it to be great to be disappointed. So I was really went in with kind of a, okay, let's see how this goes. And then there were just so many things that blew me out of the water with it that It's going to be hard. Look at that. She can't even contain her excitement. She's I like, I need to smile. Can't smile <laughs> yet. All right. I just can't help it. <laughs> all right. So before we go any further with all the things, that, before Regina has her love in, on <laughs> let's go she's with... She's going to explode Wonder Woman all over the screen. Like, we don't need to see us anymore. Let's talk about what we didn't like. And I'm going to go out on a limb right now and say what I think Ryan didn't like. And hey, no, 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 no. Don't speak for me. You speak for yourself, buddy. Yeah. No, no, no. I get to do this because I've talked with you about movies a lot, both when we're doing a, a podcast and just in general. And I think that you were unhappy with some <coughs> of the CGI of the movie. <laughs> uh, there no. were a few scenes I, where... The I, I didn't put that CGI. in the things I didn't like. Oh, wow. There were, there were a few scenes in the uh, in the... Wonder Woman CGI that I thought were not quite up to par. They were just enough off that it, it jarred me out of, you know, suspension of disbelief. Really? Like, do you have a specific example? Mainly just when they were doing the, the fighting scenes and you could tell when they would switch over from her to a CGI um, model of her in the shot. And, you know, it wasn't so bad that I was just like, oh, that's awful. I can't watch this movie right. anymore. It was just enough for me to go, that was CGI. That was CGI. That was yeah. CGI. But it didn't make me hate the movie or anything like that. I just I noticed it. And that was probably right. one of my least favorite aspects of it. Um, I also thought that it was interesting that at a few different times in the movie, it seemed like we were doing telling a flashback within a flashback within a flashback. <laughs> I was like, hmm, I'm not sure if that is okay in the world of writing, but I'll let it go. <laughs> Flashback within a flashback within a flashback. Yeah, I'm trying to starts, think of one that one that starts, was. Oh, starts yeah, I mean, off I with guess her, she starts in modern day and then she yeah, flashes oh. back to being on the island. And at um, one point, her mother starts telling her about the story of Zeus and all that. And that's a flashback. If we're going right. to take this all as part of you like know, a linear, Ooh, yeah, Wonder Woman Inception sequel, yeah. right there, guys. <laughs> Wonder Woman Inception. Yeah. 
Well, so Leonardo DiCaprio is going to show up and hook her up to a machine. She's going to go back. She's going back. <laughs> um, so is there anything that you didn't like, Ray? Yes, I have things listed right here on my screen. Well, that I list did not them. like. Go. All right. Here Time's we go. Up. Uh, so there was some I didn't the CGI stuff didn't really bug me I mean I I think I know what you're talking about but it wasn't they didn't look like rubber figures like they did in episodes one through three of Star Wars you know they they did a decent job of of pulling off the effects so I I wasn't really disturbed by that Um, but so some of the things like just plot stuff that really bugged me like during that point in the movie when she's finding, finding, or fighting uh, Ludendorff on the control tower towards the end of the movie, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, before they kind of find out, you know, that he's not really the main villain, um, nobody came over. Like they're <laughs> in a base full of people, and they're like blowing through walls and like stuff's exploding all over the place. And they're in nobody. the spot, and they're in the spotlights. Yeah, <laughs> in the spotlights. <laughs> nobody. Like, yeah. yeah. Nobody comes over. It's like yeah. really. Is there war going on? Shouldn't that have gotten some suspicion somewhere? Just yeah. just a little bit. Um, I thought the, that too, just to be fair. Oh, God. That yeah. really drove me nuts. Um, the soldiers embracing at the end, like when, you know, after the, the big fight at the end, and the so- soldiers like the Americans and the Germans are like, oh, we're, we're all buddy-buddy now. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Well, if you, if you suspend disbelief and believe that Ares really is somehow fomenting this conflict, right. yeah. then maybe they would. And there was actually times in World War One where um, enemy combatants would cross the line like during Christmas and exchange gifts and play soccer and stuff like that. So it's not totally without outside of their own possibility, but it is kind of a neat little bow right at the end. Of the yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, yeah. they didn't pull it off well. It just it seemed a little too... Like, all of a sudden, everybody's on happy dust. It's like, oh, well, hi, buddy. How's the wife? I didn't really take it personally when you were shooting at me just yeah. a little bit ago. No right. I know you were just doing your job. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's not that soldiers don't do that, but it wasn't believable if you look at, you know, like other examples of that through movies and the, in, in the history of, of movies. Right. Um, uh, Diana jumping off the tower at the end was incredibly cheesy and did not need to happen whatsoever. That was... That was the worst Wonder Woman part of the movie is when she like does that epic jump off, you know, like, oh, trouble's coming, you know, jumps off the tower at the end. It's like, what? Oh, you mean like when they go back to modern time and she and she's kind of doing her last yeah. little bit of narrating and then she hears the bombs and then goes running out. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. You know, it didn't need I, to happen. I didn't. That didn't bother me because I feel like there were a few things that were really an homage to Linda Carter's Wonder Woman and that was one of the moments where I felt like that was like. You I kind know, of like, felt like that was also a comic, been, an homage to a comic book panel or something. Yeah. Right. But what I'm saying, it didn't fit the rest of the movie. So, I mean, if you're going to do that, that's fine. But like, if you just throw it in there, then it just, it has no yeah. context with the rest of the movie. Just to me as a, yeah. as an overall package. Yeah. Um, uh, Dr. Moreau and Ludendorff. Uh, by Zelena Anaya and Danny Houston. I didn't like them as villains. They weren't believable. I never felt like they were dangerous. They they just seemed. It wasn't surprising at the end when they weren't the main villain. It's just like well, oh, 
I saw who the main villain was right off the get go. Yeah, so like, did I. I leaned over to Chris and I'm like, he's the bad guy. And he's like, no, he's not. He thought it was the secretary. And I'm like, it's not the secretary. It's him. And it just, yeah, she was comic relief. Yeah, exactly. I think Chris, Chris is really in tune to that kind of stuff. I know. I know. Um, yeah. Well, and you knew that he was going to, you knew that, you know. He was uh, just being too helpful. Sir yeah, Patrick the was, fact that he was you know, like, yay, it, it, I'm going to come find you at the bar and tell you to go on this adventure. I was like, yeah, he's a bad guy. But I think I called it before he did that. But Yeah, I did too. Yeah. So I just, I didn't like them as villains. They just never seemed like, ooh, those guys are scary. I mean, and they were just, they were the main point of contention through the, the three quarters of the movie. They had to get the gas that these people were making, but it never really seemed like. There was never really any fight going on between them until the very end. No. It just and, it just seemed like it wasn't fully there. That well, whole part of the storyline. If anything didn't pay off for me, that didn't pay off. Like the the gas story and the because I thought they were loading two planes, not just the one that Steve Trevor took down. And I don't know. I just felt like kind of along those same lines where it was what the whole movie was about. But it was it was the MacGuffin. It was what the movie was about. But it wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, and so I was okay with them being a little bit more comic book in terms of their like, they were caricatures, more caricatures in terms of bad guys. But I think I knew that that was going to be the case because I was so convinced it was going to be the general guy whose name I don't remember who played Lupin. And, um, right, but there was so much. Right. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to stop you. No, that's okay. There's just so many other good things that pointed it to make it more of a serious movie and they didn't, Having the cheesy throwaway characters in there without giving them something, you know, for you to cling on to just didn't seem like it's like who are these people? And yeah. I, I kinda who are these people? <laughs> I kinda didn't like the fact that when she's fighting Ludendorff, who I don't know, at, for me I I never once believed that he was the Ares character. One second, right. So. Well, he just didn't have the presence, or I mean, if he was going to be a demigod, then yeah. that was not a demigod. It was interesting, you know, and it's kind of a suspension of disbelief to think that she would she wouldn't recognize, but she she was portrayed as so naive, which I really liked that she really just you know she yeah, just believed I, them when they said this is the guy who you need to follow. No, she didn't use her own powers to kind of you know. Yeah. Well, I, and she didn't know her own powers yet. That was part right. of the building of the yeah. story she was just figuring out that she was a god yeah <gasps> spoiler going back going back to ludendorff though when she's fighting him at the end i found it completely implausible you know chemicals or no chemicals that he would be able to stand up to a demigod yeah <laughs> yeah in this story. that's what i'm saying it's like in, in the no tower that nobody could hear apparently yeah there's no way that i felt like even if he happened to hit um wonder woman that he would have even moved her when you see her fighting um the dark side or dark side in uh superman versus batman dark side does something i can't remember and it, i mean hits her heart with something and she like literally puts her shield up and blocks it but she slides like probably a good 50 feet you know so it's like the fact that this guy who just happens to be you know cranked out on some drugs, happens to land a, a lucky hit, and she actually gets hmm. thrown back. I was like, oh, come on. I, I watched her fight Darkseid before, and she you know, stood up to a bigger punch than, than that. Yeah, but well, I think that, that part of the storyline takes place after this. I mean, I think Wonder Woman 
the movie itself is kind of a prequel yeah, to it is. that experience. So you don't really know, you know, what she's figured out from that. I mean, I totally agree with you. Not that I've seen the movie, but I understand your point. Yeah. Um, but you don't know what happens to her between that point and that point. You know, yeah. maybe she doesn't know that she can stand up to, you know, human punches and she doesn't really understand pain that well because she's lived in a paradise, you know, of Which Amazon. I really women. experienced it. Well, and nobody yeah. would have been able to fight her where she was either, really. Like, well, I right, think because her mom was the, the head honcho. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but she was being trained by her aunt. And I don't think for one second that when her aunt's training her that she's holding her punches. No, I, that's not right. that's not what I meant. What I meant more was that she wasn't um, she wasn't in any threat or any real danger of being hurt while yeah. she was on the island. Right. Um, because one, they weren't really enemies, even if, you know, um, her aunt, whose name I'm about to look up so I can remember what she's called, um, was pushing her and trying to get her to the point where she did finally, you know, break and, and figure out that she has this like immense power that she didn't know. Um, even with that, she wouldn't have been fought in a way where she would have actually taken, taken damage or actually been hit necessarily. Or at least it didn't seem so. Yeah, well, I think uh, her aunt would have punched her and stuff. Yeah. Because her aunt was a full-on warrior. Yes. But, um, yeah, so I, I agree with you, right? The, the <coughs> Ludendorff and I actually felt like, uh, what was her name? They call her Dr. Poison or something like Dr. that? Dr. Poison, yes. It was Dr. Moreau or Maru or... Yeah, but their name was Dr. Poison. Right, right, yeah. Her yeah. nickname was Dr. Poison. I actually liked her character because I kind I of found found her kind of tragic. Mm -hmm. um, I don't okay. know why. They never really spelled it out. I mean, other than she's deformed. But there was something else underneath that that I'd be willing to bet got left. It was Dr. Maru. 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 M-A-R-U. Maru was her name. Yeah, that's what, you know, they never, that was one of my notes, like, Dr. Maru, Lindenoff, um, Lindendorf, sorry, and Sir Patrick, all three of those characters were never fleshed out. Like, they never, you didn't care about any of them. I mean, the, the only thing I kept thinking the whole time is like, come on, the dude's Professor Lupin. Pull out your wand, buddy. Turn into a wolf. <laughs> Do something. But, so, you know, a couple of other things I put on that was the gas that he was getting hopped up on. No explanation of why that he was was even around. So, like, oh look! Well, there was there. there was a very small, very quick explanation as to that gas that he was getting high on. Kind of. She was like, explain. Oh, I happen to make some of this. It's kind yeah, of and then she cracked well, it open like. Yeah, she just said, "I I had a dream and I woke up and I made this for you." But he never got upset about it. He just kept using it. Didn't ask any questions. Well, no, of course not. Because that was part of who his character was, though. Like, she was his, you know... I don't even know what to call her. I was going to say muse, but that's not exactly what I'm going for, but it's kind of what I mean. Like, I think he was her muse more than anything. Yeah, yeah um, but, I mean, she was... That's why I'm feeling like it's not the right word. But she was his, like she was making the war for him. Like, that's why he kept saying, you have to make this work because this is what's going to make us great. Mm -hmm. So. But it wasn't the, that wasn't the gas that they were making. Oh, no, no that's the, the thing. gas. Oh, you mean yeah. that? Oh, I thought you meant the. I'm, no, the stuff that was making him strong. Yeah. But she just 
surprised him with by cracking it open, you right. know, like it's Banaka or something here. <laughs> you know, and he just goes nuts. And he's like, no, doesn't even question. He just keeps using it. It's like, if this guy was a serious, like, German officer, that's that's the thing. I mean, it just like, he never really struck me as like a powerful guy, a smart guy, a dumb guy. He's just like, I'm a dude in a suit playing this part. Well, you I know. don't know. I, I disagree And I like that, that actor. I thought he was, I thought he did actually better than that. I thought that he was, um, I can see what you're saying in terms of him like being a caricature. And I think that that was kind of, um, might've been intentional. I'm not really sure. Um, and might have been part of, you know, to show you that it wasn't really about him or the poison or anything like that, that that was the MacGuffin, like I said, for the story. Um, but I, I disagree. Like in his character, he was so power hungry and he saw her and her abilities as his key to success that I don't think he would have questioned anything she would have handed to him. She wouldn't have thought about it and he wouldn't have shared it with his command because they might have started using it. And he wanted an advantage over everybody. And I think that she was that key for him. And kind of being like yeah give me a pocket full i'll take them with me and use them whenever i can right exactly but if they would they didn't do that in the movie i understand what you're saying and yes mm -hmm. that is what they should have explained in the movie and they didn't do it you know i don't know i mean they couldn't devote a ton of time to it but it just it was too i don't know too in the background they didn't yeah. spell it out enough for me and i didn't go to that movie to think a lot so <laughs> I mean, it's not a it's not a thinker movie. It's a superhero movie. So if you're gonna, it's you know, people aren't going to have an intellectual experience. So yeah, I don't know. I just for me at the end of it, that was just like I didn't really care about those guys at all. Yeah, yeah. They probably could have left ten more minutes into the movie, and that would have given you a little more feel for all three of those characters. Or had them in there less, and then built up um, Sir Patrick's character a little bit more. You know, why was he? You know, a couple things I thought. Why was he close to Steve Trevor? You know, did he work for? What did he do in the British government? What was his role? Why was he able to go everywhere and do anything? You know, who Steve? It's like no Patrick. No Patrick. Well, I was getting the sense that he was like either an MP or a member of um, like the Joint Chiefs of Staff or something like that. Yeah, I was getting that like because yeah, he was running actually... that meeting that they went into. I mean, that's the only time you see him in action. And he's trying to talk to him specifically, so. Yeah. But if he was such a big deal, and I mean, they definitely played to, um, you know, he's an important guy to Steve Trevor. But why is he an important guy to Steve Trevor? What is the, I don't know. It just didn't seem like, you know, Steve Trevor was a great character. Uh, Diana was a good, good character. Um, and the rest of them were there. But, you know, he ends up being like the big villain at the end. And it just seemed like I didn't care about him so much at the end. It was just like, yeah, it was cool. Well, I scene. thought a part of with him is I'm not, and I only saw it once. I wanted to see it again before we recorded and I just didn't have a chance to. Because um, when you have a small child, it is hard to get to the movies. Um, I felt like he wasn't really gone. Like she didn't really destroy him. And that he was going to be back. So I was figuring that his story was going to continue. Sir Patrick Aries, that his story was going to continue. Um, that this was not just her or origin story, but his as well. Like the, the beginning of their conflict. 
Mm-hmm. So there's a good way to find out and see if he's contract contracted with uh, DC for any more movies. Right. If he's going to um, be, you know, that's in the sequel that they've already announced. Yeah. yeah well, they have to do a sequel. For that We've part. had a success. Let's do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just I'm hope they can cool maintain it. <clears throat> we all know the, you know, the ratio of successful, um, you know, second movies is low. Mm. Uh, one other thing on things I didn't like, um, they should have had the German speaking German with subtitles throughout the entire movie. It drove me a little crazy that, I mean, sometimes they had subtitles, but I think it would have made those parts in the film closer to a war experience if they were actually speaking German in those camps, because well, they wouldn't that, have been speaking English that well right. in those camps. Well, that was one of the questions I was going to have for you guys, because one of the critiques I had read said um, that they really did kind of a trite job or treatment of World War I, um, that it was really more of a background um, than it should have been if it was going to be in the story. And I wonder if that would have been one way maybe that that could have been avoided. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I was, I really, I don't know if Wonder Woman's story really actually starts back in World War One, according to the comics or not. Um, but I liked the fact that they started it in World War One because yeah. I've kind of been a, a World War One history buff for, I don't know, probably about a year and a half now um, since I listened to Dan Carlin's uh, Hardcore History podcast for, um, he had a big five part or six part series on World War One called uh, Blueprint to Armageddon. And you can't, in a two hour and 20 minute movie, you really kind of had to gloss over it, especially yeah. since you're worried about Wonder Woman. You're not really necessarily wonder, worried about World the, War yeah, the setting. And, and World War One was such a horrific war. I mean, when I was listening to that podcast, the things that I learned on that podcast, I mean, I knew it was horrible. You know, guys go over the top, run straight, the machine guns get mowed down, get stuck in barbed wire. But I mean, the depths of other horrible shittiness on that on those battlefields is not to be believed i mean when i when they when he was reading things excerpts and talking about things i was just like oh my god i never even imagined that i mean mm-hmm. he talks a little bit in the podcast about how um Tol- tolkien was in world war one he said if tolkien got an idea for mordor or anywhere it right. had to be from the battlefields <laughs> of world war one yeah exactly um i've heard that so, before too and I don't think that you could show World War One like it really, it really was, in a in a hero, you know, summer blockbuster popcorn movie. I, you just can't right. do it. It's too horrific. So, um, I mean, as soon as I saw that they were doing it in World War One when I was watching the movie, because I wasn't one hundred percent certain, I kind of got that idea when I saw the uh, um, trailers and stuff, but I wasn't one hundred percent certain. And then once I started seeing that. Um, I kind of got the chills because they're like, I don't know how much they're going to show and I don't know how much I want to see. <laughs> yeah. Know? So I thought, I well, and it was one of the things that I, I, if this isn't my critique, like I said, this is one that I read and something that I saw. And so it was one of the questions that I had um, about it and that I thought would be interesting to consider. I didn't, I didn't feel that way. Um, perhaps, especially because of my favorite moment of the film, which is when one of my two. The top. What? When she goes over the top. Yes, when she crosses no man's land and she, you know, and she's like, well, you may not be here for this, but I am and I'm going to do this. And um, that moment, like, it was just, I I thought it was a great, 
it showed the war, it showed what was happening, it showed the devastation, and it showed her stand up against it. Yeah. Um, and I thought that that was amazing. And I thought just for that alone, putting it in that setting in that time frame was important because you wouldn't have had any other, any other war wouldn't have been the same. Yeah. The same yeah. field, literally the same battlefield. We wouldn't have had the same battlefield for her to literally climb up out of a trench and cross. Mm -hmm. So, one of the other things is too, right? When you when you're thinking about the subtitles, going back to that, um, you got to remember that they established that Wonder Woman and all the Amazonians spoke like 200 different um, human languages. languages. The one guy, Sammy, um, spoke. Uh, a dozen languages or something like that when they introduce his character um is his name what is his name is it trevor trevor steven trevor trevor rogers no no i'm christopher pike's character steve trevor. Uh, steve trevor yeah steve trevor two first names hate that um at any rate he's they established him as a spy that could actually infiltrate german um areas so we know he speaks german i think the only two characters that we're not sure of are the um native american guide that they had and the scottish um sniper so you got to imagine most of the scenes includes one or all three of those characters that speak presumably german so there really isn't a reason to have subtitles for it you know unless you want them to speak german and the germans to speak germans and then we're reading subtitles the whole movie you know what I mean? I think the couple yeah. times they, I think the couple times that they did put su subtitles up for German, if I remember right, it was because nobody else, none, none of those three people were in the scene. So I think they hmm. thought about it. So it wasn't like That's an they, interesting point. I, th I don't think they glossed over it necessarily. Well, I'm not saying they. I mean, it, it's fine. They do it all the time in movies where they just, you know, just to make it easier for the audience. But yeah, I don't know. I just. I like the authenticity of like, especially war movies mm -hmm. where they have the Germans. You look at, you know, like I recently watched Inglorious Bastards again and the way that they use, you know, the German officers speaking German in that movie, you know, though it was kind of lighthearted in a, the sense of the movie, they still had them speak German. Yeah. And people in there knew how to speak German too. And it just, it just made it feel more like they were there in that, that time period or right. that, you know, that country. So. That was my point. <laughs> All right. Anything else on your dislike list there? Uh, I had a couple other things. The Steve Trevor sacrifice at the end and Diane's reaction was a little iffy to me. Um, it seemed too much like Darth Vader at the end of episode three. No! You know, where she just kind of... She does... I mean, I understand that she's upset. It just didn't... It seemed too abrupt. It just didn't seem like... It was it was like an overreaction, acting moment. Not that she shouldn't have been upset, but it doesn't seem like she would make that reaction to me. Just my my observation on that part. Um, I don't know. I, th I think about that as you know, short of her family and her friends, and you know who she's been on the island with. Um, she wouldn't have had any emotional connections to anyone else. And although they had only known each other for a couple of days, you know his her emotional attachment to him, her bond would have been akin to whatever first love you might have. Um, so the intensity of a burning brighter and sort of more and more strongly um, or more intensely, I think 
kind of follows with what she would have been going through. Um, and I liked that it wasn't like, I let the whole, I like the fact that the whole um, romance wasn't central to the story. Well, yes and no. I mean, I kind of felt like they were kind of shoehorning it in. I mean, I, I get the, the fact that she's been, you know, on a, on an island with nothing but women her entire life. And, you know, she is with a man and is, is curious and stuff like that. But I kind of felt like they pushed the whole relationship too hard, too fast. And I really, I, I, to be honest, I really didn't like the fact that they, that Wonder Woman had a sex scene with, with him after only knowing him for a day or two. Now, granted, we can toss that up to, we're going to go into battle tomorrow and who knows if we're going to live kind of thing. But at the same time, it's like going, I don't know. I just don't, I don't feel like this needs to be here. I mean, yeah. I mean, I see your point. And yes, it didn't need to be in the movie. But, you know, it didn't. She still has those feelings. So it would make <laughs> sense that, you know, her spending that much time with somebody and that, you know, it's been in movies forever. Like you're in an intense mm. situation with another person. Yeah. You know, sex happens. It just, yeah. that's just, you know, that's, because that's you're in the movies. And yeah. it is a rule. It's like the yeah. emotional turmoil is just so much that that is like the release. Well, and there sure. was there was a fair amount of hesitation. And, and it was very slow. It didn't like... Oh. I would have rather actually seen the tension all the way through the movie and had it been unrequited love. That's I think that would have been mm. more important to me. Yeah, I, I can agree. I can see that, but I also kind of go with the 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 analysis that Ryan just gave in terms of like the heightened because I mean they have the whole scene where they're dancing and it snows for the first time. I mean, the number of like new experiences that she had with Steve Trevor as opposed to everybody else that she had known in her life, not just because he was a man, but just in general. Um, I think it just followed for me. It just made sense and. I thought it was treated a lot better than I've seen it in other of her origin stories and in the comics and kind of the feeling I always had about it from Linda Carter's Wonder Woman and everything else was like, she just dropped everything and fell in love with him like as soon as she saw him. And that was always the kind of like overarching thing. And she doesn't even really know that she loves him when he says, I love you to her and he's going off to kill himself or to, you know, to sacrifice himself for um, to kill, you know, to bring the, the plane down. Like she well, doesn't. I don't think. I don't think she knows. Heard him. I think she, her ears are still ringing from that artillery shell. Because remember, in the yeah. in the scene first happens. Yeah. He's like saying all this stuff, and all she all you're hearing is the muffling and the and yeah. The whining well, they replayed at the end though, where she kind of decodes that whole scene. Like they redo that scene where you actually hear him. Yeah, at the end, and I thought that yeah. she that. She, I don't know. I didn't. I didn't interpret that that way. I had a couple of other scenes with Julie that she interpreted completely different than me as well. So it could be. I I thought that more as like she she heard him but didn't feel what she was hearing until she could reflect on it at the end when she was out of sort of battle mode. Um, and I don't know if that's from the the sonic boom or not being able to hear the ringing in her ears. I'm not sure. Um, well, they, they basically portrayed it just like you know what you would experience after you've had a big explosion go off next to you in your ears or ringing shell shock. Yeah. Sounds muffled and everything like that. That's, yeah, that's but the thing, the thing that Julie was picking up on, and I don't know what you guys thought about this, but there was the the moment so early, early, early in the film. We haven't talked about the beginning of the film. It's interesting that you guys jumped into the whole um, the climax. 
Well, all the stuff I didn't like was at the which, end. Which is fine. <laughs> but um, uh, so the scene where they're in the alleyway and they are cornered and mm -hmm. um, she uses her bracers against the guns. Like I took mm -hmm. that as the first moment that she recognized that she could fight the bullets with her, her metal. Mm -mm. She realized that because she stops one of the shots from I think hitting um, Steve when the Germans show up on the beach. She throws out her arm and stops a bullet with Did her. She? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Because she stops and like catches the bullet in her hand when it's in the glove. No, she doesn't catch the bullet. Steve catches it and he's like, and he's like, Julie's critique was that they didn't establish that well enough that she could stop the bullets and that all of a sudden she was. No, no. So maybe she just no, missed it. Yeah, because she had a pretty good, decent fight scene with the Germans on the beach. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's my second favorite part of the movie was that fight scene. Well, <laughs> let's let's go back a little bit here. Ryan, are you done with your laundry list of hates? <laughs> Hey, I have an equal laundry list of likes, all right? Okay, cool. Don't be hating. Um, <laughs> okay. Well, the only, the only other notes I would have on it, I mean, since you asked. Um, oh, Jesus. You're killing me here, Smalls. Why, why is, uh, what, I don't know how you pronounce her name. Um, is it Hippolyta? Hippoly what is her mom's name? Hippolyta. Hippolyta. Mm -hmm. Played by Connie Nelson. Hippolyta. Talk, talk about typecast, man. She was like the exact same character in Gladiator, except for not the mother of a god. But um, uh, and just something that kept ringing through my mind throughout the entire movie. Just I kept hearing um, Winston go, "If someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes." Because <laughs> <laughs> she found out she was god and was like, "Yeah, yeah." There was that. All right. So that's all my other things, and I have a, a list of likes. So we'll get to that. <laughs> all right. I'll shut so. Up now. No, it's fine. You liked the movie. You had valid points. I'm not going to say you didn't have valid points. I'm just saying this. I feel like we're all like, yes, we love this movie. Let's pick the thing to pieces. Like yeah, that's a little how I'm chicken. feeling. That's why I was trying to drive away from it, but that's okay. Well, we're going we're gonna to drive away from it now, Regina. Actually, no, uh, we didn't hear what you didn't like about it. Nothing. She liked it all. Um, I, I, pretty much Ryan hit on the couple of things that I didn't like, which was definitely not the laundry list of his things. <laughs> <laughs> that went way deeper into what he didn't like than I did. Um, and like I said, I really did want to see it a second time. So I could kind of, cause I saw it opening night and um, I will fully admit that there was quite a rush of emotion that went with the entire viewing of it. Oh yeah. I agree. Um, that I just, uh, I mean, I rode for days after having watched it. I mean, even now I can still think about some of the scenes and get choked up um, just from the, uh, the significance of what I was seeing on the scene, on the screen, um, both culturally and personally for me, just to see the her be that character and, and to be treated well, because, you know, there was such, so much that could have gone wrong. <laughs> well, let's jump back to the beginning of the movie then. Um, one of my favorite things about the movie was the little actress who played little Diana. I thought oh, God. Mm, yeah. That whole, the whole scene, the whole origin of seeing her as a little girl, like, you know, and I couldn't tell if it was just really well done or if it's just the fact that I have a little girl that made it like. No, I <laughs> think it was done well. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. It was done well, but they were also playing to you as well. Well, I have yeah. no doubt about that. I mean, the whole movie was playing to me too. You know, mm -hmm. I am the demographic, right? 
Um, uh, you know, me and a lot of a lot of other women. That's one of the things about Wonder Woman is that her 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 icon status reaches to lots of lots of women. Um, but I just loved I loved her her character as a little girl and the fact that she was like I'm I'm ditching school and I'm going to go see what they're doing in the fighting. I'm going to sneak around. I'm going to do this even though I'm not supposed to. She um, very much reminded me of, of my niece when, mm. when she gets her little mischievous smile. My yeah. says the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I like, see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have one that makes that same face too. So, yeah. Um, yeah that was great. I loved that. The interactions. So what, what did you think of uh, watching, getting to watch the Amazons fight? Like when they were both training and then when the Germans came on the beach? Me or Ryan? No, you. I'm asking oh. you. Oh, I I was absolutely blown away. I loved why the training was one thing. Like the training was fun, and to watch. Um, and I didn't. I don't know how you guys. I didn't recognize Robin Wright. Like I had. Oh, near to die. Until oh, the credits rolled, and I was like, "Where the hell was Robin Wright? Like, what? Really? Yeah. Like, seriously, yeah. didn't even like. I picked her right right away. Well, did you know she was in the movie? Because I didn't know she was in the movie. So I didn't know she was in the movie until she okay. came up, and I was like, "Hey, look at that, it's Robin." Wright. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't recognize her. I didn't put. I didn't put two and two together until I got um, until I got home, and I finally let myself look at Twitter because for like two days I couldn't look at Twitter or any, you know, very brief social media visits because I was like, "No one is spoiling this for me." I don't um, think anybody could have spoiled it for you. I really don't. <laughs> well, they could have like given you the script and be like, "Sweet, that was a great now, movie." Need I remind you of how badly I had Star Wars spoiled for me? Yeah, my wife had the same thing happen. Yeah, like I, it was just, and I, Which and it, one? it colored um, the um, the Force Awakens, right. um, where I read a comment on a parenting article where somebody had put in, you know, the spoiler, you know. Kylo Ren kills Han Solo. And oh, spoilers, so, everybody. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> another, that one I don't feel movie. bad. That movie's been out for two years, and I spoiled this. <laughs> talked about it two years ago. So, you know, if you're listening to the podcast or watching the show and, and haven't seen Star Wars, I'm really sorry. Um, but, but I saw it before the movie had even come out here. Mm -hmm. So it was out in Europe, and somebody, like, trolled, like, literally trolled it. Anyway. So and it, and it changed my whole view of the movie because I was waiting for the whole movie for him to die. Like so, I'm watching everything going. Yeah, my wife was this the same it? way. Yeah, she this was, is, yeah. What's hut hut? Don't don't drink that. Like she, like when they got out on the on the catwalk before he actually did it. Oh yeah. Heather was like in tears. I'm like, what the hell's yeah. going on? I was here? crying too. And Julie's sitting next to me. And she's like, oh no. Like she knew because I was like, <laughs> and they started like panting. And I'm like, oh no, it's coming. And now it's coming. <laughs> and she's like, what is going on? And she knew I had seen a spoiler. So she figured that that was not good. Um, so I kind of spoiled it for her. But at least she got it spoiled like minutes before it happened. Didn't watch the whole movie going, what's happening? So that's what I was wanting to avoid was anything that was going to be that like little snippet that just ruined the whole thing. I don't think um, you could have with that movie. I really don't. <laughs> I don't think you could have either. Now that I've seen it, I don't feel like anything could have could have ruined it because because of the way the story evolved. Because for me, it was much more about the emotion involved in the storytelling, and what I was seeing, especially in that that fight scene um, where the Germans come on the the beach and. Um, Robin Wright goes out on the horse just with that, that smile on her face and the power in her and oh I still get chills just talking about it just seeing that was I, I thought the, the amazing. Uh, archers repelling off of the cliff and swinging while they're shooting their bows mm -hmm. 
That's yep. pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. Um, the, There's a movie you don't see every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, just the, the power that they had and the watching the kind of come so quickly together and just be ready to fight was just, it was just astounding. So, yeah, and I then I think... cried, and that was the first of many times I cried was when, and Antiope, is that how you say it? I'm horrible with names, especially Greek. Yeah, that's that, so, right. that ant, ant, Antiope, Antiope. Robin Wright's character. Robin Wright's character. That's why I said that before. The sister, Robin, the trainer. The yeah. aunt, yeah, the sister, the yeah, trainer, yeah. the aunt. That when she died, like, was the first of many times I'd cried through it, and I'm like, oh great, so we're ten minutes in the movie, and I'm already doing this. Well, she uh -oh. she had to die, or the mom the mom had to die. One of the two had to have been the, you yeah. know, the well, launching I knew her mom point of die. Diana. I mean, there was no yeah. way that her mom was going to die because she's just too important in the story she, later on. Yes. Just just fess up. You were cheering up as soon as you saw little Diana running around. I got a little and, weepy uh, there. Yes, I didn't actually cry, <laughs> but I did get a little like <gasps> I got verklempt. Mm -hmm. I was verklempt for that, but I didn't actually have tears until. Uh, Robin Wright died, and then um, in the uh, the no man's land where she goes up out of the trench and crosses, that was like tears like streaming down my face. And then um, I cried at the end a little bit, but not to the degree I did for those two. Those were the two scenes that like. So so let's go back over to to Ryan. Um, are any of your notes about what you liked uh, in that in the opening part of the movie when they're. I can't remember the name of the island, whatever it is, starts with an M. Uh, the Mystera. Yeah. It's actually a T, it's the Mystera. Oh, okay. The Mystera. The Mystera. It sounds like uh, I mean, the Mystera. I, I put a note yeah. that, you know, I like I liked the backstory. I liked how they, just the overall, how they laid out the movie, not, you know, the nitpicky character stuff that I mentioned earlier. And yes, it was a long list, but, you know, it really was not... You know, it wasn't like my entire thought on the film. It's just little, little nitpicky things on there. It didn't ruin the movie for me, but uh, I love the backstory. I mean, all the stuff you guys just talked about was amazing. I thought it was really well done how they, you know, brought the real world into the, the island. Um, I thought it was really cool how they kind of explained the island in the first place. I thought they did that really clever, um, you know, in like bringing the gods into it and stuff like that and the... Uh, the mythology of that situation I thought was really cool. Um, kind of educational. It made me think a lot um, as they were doing that part of the story. Um, the, yeah, I mean, just that whole island scene was cool. It, I, I remember thinking a little something about like the plane coming through the bubble and then like the ships going through the bubble and then the full on war type thing. Just you exploding know. into the yeah, into just kind of like whoa, yeah. So, I mean, that's what I liked about the beginning part. You, do you want me to give you my whole list? Or no, I, I felt I like I hijacked the beginning of this this whole podcast. With my negativity. <laughs> I'm afraid to open my mouth now. No, 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 not at all. You, you didn't. It just was like, yeah, we agreed, we liked it, and then you were like, and now. <laughs> Let me list read from my list of grievances. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, I literally like pulled out my phone during the credit roll and like started making notes because when we did um, the last podcast, yeah, I didn't I didn't really take notes and we did it a couple weeks after again and I was, and I was struggling a little bit to to remember like, to remember exactly what it was and so this time I made immediate notes of my thoughts and that's what I'm I'm going off of here. 
I, but, I made a point of actually going and seeing it the day before yesterday, so I would, I would be kind of fresh. That would be fresh. Oh, oh, I see. <laughs> Running away. You <laughs> right. yellow bastard. All right. Um, so, I mean, just throughout the entire... I'm just going to read my list. That's all there is to it. Um, Here he goes, Regina. Hold <laughs> on to your hats. A really deep dive. Um, the, the comedy ele elements were great through the entire movie. I didn't, none of them felt yep. too forced or cheesy. I thought yep. they hit the comedy just right through yeah, the whole thing. I agree. And I was really afraid after seeing the trailer so many times, the different trailers, that the secretary was going to ruin it for me. Um, but her, her lines were not, I mean, because they really used her a lot in the trailers to like do the comedy relief. Mm -hmm. um, if you think about like, the, the trailers and her like making little comments and stuff. <clears throat> Did you recognize um, the actress, right? Uh, yes. It was, uh, God, uh, Lucy Davis. I mean, I, she, yeah. She looks familiar to me. Shaun of the Dead. Dab's girlfriend. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, She's in right. the office as well. Yeah. The British version? Or was she in the American version? Uh, the British version, I believe. Yeah. Um, so the comedy elements were great. Um, I enjoyed that thoroughly. There were some really good chuckles, um, which pretty much led me into really loving Diana's reactions to the uh, man's world situations that she ran into. Like, oh, God. Can we talk about the scene where in. she's trying the clothes on? <laughs> oh, God. That was so great. Like, all I of it was it. just great. Her, her so face, much. whenever anybody made some sort of sexist remark, it was just like, dude, I am going to haul off and beat you. <laughs> it's just like she didn't get it. Like, she was so uh, naive to that whole situation. It's like her face was just, like, slapped every time somebody did it. Yeah. Not like somebody who grew up in that world was just kind of like, you know, take it type thing. But Right. Just I, I those loved, reactions were priceless. I loved her reaction when the general um, said something along the lines of, "My dear, it's a soldier's it's a soldier's job to die," and that's actually, if I recall correctly, a a quote from an actual general during World War One. Mm -hmm. So hmm. um, I love the fact that they threw it in there, but I loved the fact that she was like, "No, you know what kind of man sends millions to die while he For sits him. in his office?" You know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I thought that was. I yeah. talk about real world situations there. It was a nice, yeah, it was a nice little social commentary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that to was, have that, that to have that in there. Throughout, yeah. throughout the ages, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Always topical. Uh, <laughs> uh, the look of the film's environment was believable. You had mentioned the World War One scene of her crossing No Man's Land. I love that scene just for the um, environment. The way that they yeah. pulled that off, I thought was really well done. Uh, not that I... I'm not a huge like World War One history buff. I know more stuff about World War Two, but um, the the trench scenes are just iconic to World War One. It's like if they're ever going to show World War One, there's some scene of like the ladder going up the side of the trench. Like every time, like I think about that scene from there's like they mentioned it in Hellraiser, like when they mm -hmm. talk about you know him, like they show that scene. Um, mm -hmm. uh, what was it Secretariat? Was that the Steven Spielberg? horse movie the horse one yeah i didn't yeah. see it but i remember seeing the trailer like the shot of the trench so the trenches were just i just was like man that is world war one when they showed that scene i was like that was really cool um but other than the army base where apparently nobody can hear fighting um you know just the the different locations were really well done i thought even you know from the island to the the war scenes to the the city in that time period 
Um, I thought it was really cool, the costumes, the cars, all that fun stuff. Um, the cast of characters were great. I mean, Chris Pine did awesome. Robin Wright did awesome. Uh, Saeed, I can't really pronounce his last name, but the guy um, who played Ooh, Samir. Um, uh, Charlie, you and Bremer. Oh, um, yeah. For people who have Poor seen Spotting, which... Yeah. Just his character in Trains. I mean, the guy is a little typecast because I mean he's just the same in all his movies. But I love love his characters, so um, it was. Cool At least he had legitimate him. reason for being that way in this, like having suffered from legitimate shell shock. Right, right. You know, right, right. Yeah, but you know, but he yeah. was in, like it, he was in a scene in Black Hawk Down. Like he was one of the soldiers in Black Hawk Down oh, who man. lost his hearing from mm-hmm. you know. Uh, artillery burst and like no, he, he kind of went all weird on that one too yeah or no yeah it's the guy shooting the gun next to his face you're right yeah twice um, <laughs> it's like twice yeah <laughs> man you can't do that <laughs> so anyway i love i love seeing his character just because i like him as an actor uh the chief i thought did a really awesome job like being you know not being like a typecast indian but being you know Stere- the, not stereotypical yeah not the stereotypical indian he just you know the guy but he had still had the social commentary of like, well, they took my land away, and she's like, "Who did?" Right. Like his people. <laughs> I like, yeah. but, but I thought I thought that, that was, was a great awesome. line. It was. It was. It was, it was perfect. Like the execution, the writing, the like staging of it. It was like, the, look at how much you said in fifteen seconds. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was that yeah, was the, the writing was very smart for yeah. like the majority of the characters. It was just, and that was one of the great things about that movie. It didn't feel. Uh, it felt like there was love in the script. It right, didn't feel exactly. like yes. it was just, let's just put words on the page. Yes. You know, there's going to be action. Who cares? That's always it what wasn't... I come back to when the heart is in it. That's mm-hmm. why, like, the first Star Wars movie, the first one he made, always stands out to me because there was so much heart in it. Mm-hmm. Not with the revision and the extra, like, you know, scenes that he cut in later because he's like, oh, I didn't oh, get to tell the story I wanted to tell. 20 well, years. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't put enough characters in this scene. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, not that, but, like, the first original, the one that we watched when it first came out, mm-hmm. um, you know, had that heart. Like, they were they were creating the, the special effects that we know now. So, you know, that energy, I think, really marks a film. And you're right. I feel like it had that same energy where it had that same, like, everybody, I think, understood what it meant and what it could mean if it was done well. Mm-hmm. And so it all came together. Like I said, you know, costumes and music and writing and, you know, the acting, at least for the, for the main characters and for that, the group, like you said, of the chief and Charlie and Samir all together with, you know, just this hodgepodge of people brought together who can actually like effectively fight this thing. Like, I don't know. I just love that part. Right. I did read another review where people didn't like those three guys just because, you know, for one of the same reasons why I didn't really like um, Sir Patrick's characters, like, you know, where'd these guys come from? <laughs> mm-hmm. And Steve Trevor's universe type thing. But since they were the comedy element of it, it was just kind of nice. It was fun to have them around. Yeah. Um, type well, thing. You really question them too much. Is they were yeah. just war buddies at that point. I think but, it was interesting that he, you know, he had all these contacts and you kind of get the, you know, the loose idea of him as a spy. Um, mm. And, and, 
having worked with them previously. And they do give nods at least to that as he's like pulling the group together and he's introducing them to her where he's like, well, this guy does this and this guy does that. And this is why, you know, I've collected this motley group group of characters. And then they all had their, their moments where they were, their skills were important. I don't know. I don't well, think the part uh, that, oh, sorry. train spotting guy had his, his scene. Cause I think wasn't he pretty much, you know, not in the, the killing, the time. but you have to have the person who glues the people together. Yeah, and you felt like he was right. the guy? I felt like he was. I think that was part of his role, and I think that's what she acknowledged when she said, well, you know, if you weren't with us, who would sing? Like, right. He was the lovable him, character. You know. Yeah, she called him out for that, and because she did, that's what gave him that that role. Is She well, appointed it to him, because she could have been, like, I'm given her history. Mm-hmm. And given her training, she could have been like, yeah, you're useless. Like, what are you doing here? But she didn't. And which was, you know, what her mother kept saying to her when she was training. Her mercy, basically. Her, right. Her, don't, her. Or don't lose your kindness. Don't you lose your gentle heart. You are so much more than just the fighting. And right. that was one of the moments where I think it really solidified her as a character who was more than the, the fighting. Because she could have just been that. And then it would have been, you know, not what it was. Yeah. And it would have been the other DC movies. I, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. I would have had that. would have fallen flat like that. But it uh, rounded well, around. The scene, the scene of those three characters when they're all fighting, like, side by side on the, the airstrip or the, the army base at the end that I didn't like so much. Um, you know, they had the, the point where she stops and is looking at all the mere mortals fighting, you know, this fight. <laughs> and just the, the emotion of that scene was a good reason to have those guys in the film. Right. Because she has the emotional point. attachment to them. Right. Like right. she is like, this is what we're fighting for a moment. Right. Type thing. This mm -hmm. is why we fight, you yeah. know, uh, type line. That's important. Um, but you didn't, I mean, and going back to my earlier gripe, you didn't really get that with, um, with Sir Patrick. Like you just, you never had that like warm, fuzzy feeling for the guy before he turned into a demon <laughs> or a demigod. But <laughs> good balance of the story like i mentioned with good heart um i just thought the way that they you know and we talked about it with our last one with guardians just the way that they weave the emotion with the humor right uh, yeah they, they i really felt nice the same job of that yeah it was interesting because as i was thinking about talking about this today and i was thinking about our last show talking about guardians of the galaxy i'm like wow these are gonna be like there's so many similar things to say because they really did like figure out that kind of storytelling where it has enough pace where they take at least with you know the vast majority or with many of the characters take the time to have the scenes where they can actually develop i love the scene in the boat that neither one of you have talked about when they're riding in the boat and they're like you know talking about sex yeah but not oh but not i loved it i thought it was great it turns out it was all improvised well, I, and I, I did like that scene, and that's why I didn't like the fact that they fall into bed, like, whatever it is, a night or two later. I mean, I, we don't know. It wasn't a night or two later. It was further along than that, I think. Well, actually, the whole movie seems to... It was like three days. In a very short span of time. What do you guys know? <laughs> but but yes, just... I agree. That was, that was a, a really cool scene of just them, Yeah. you know, her trying to figure out... I mean, it just, it just plays to her being naive to you know what he grew up as with his morals and her thinking what's the big deal you right. know type thing we're just laying next to each other right. type thing so yeah and 
I I liked that scene, um, and I liked the other kind of scenes where they were. You, it's clear that they have chemistry, but they're not quite comfortable around each other, or at least mm -hmm. he's not comfortable around her. I think she's more fine with it than he is. Right. Well, well like and, to go back to the the scene where they're getting, they're trying to find her clothing to make her look less conspicuous. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "You're supposed to make her look less." <laughs> you know, he doesn't even know what to say. He's like, duh, duh, you're supposed to make her look less, you know, like, how do you take this and make it look less when it's, yeah. you know. I thought it was kind of ridiculous that that they're just, wa she's just walking around with that sword and that shield and just hands it off to his secretary. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, and nobody's batting an eye that these people are just wandering around with a sword and shield. I mean, I know it's like, you know, the 19, early 1900s, but I'm pretty sure they, that they weren't just okay with people wandering around with swords. Yeah, I, I had that moment too. I was like, um, she, or when she was, you know, walking through with, even with the cape on, the black cape she had over her, you know, her armor. Um, but I mean, it was a great homage too, to, um, to Linda Carter, where they had her put the glasses on, you know, mm -hmm. well, you'll, yeah. you know, disguise her by putting glasses on. She's like, yes, because that makes her instantly not beautiful. Is that <laughs> You know, yeah. so I was like, yeah, you know, that that idea and um, and where she's trying to kick in the in the long skirts because the critique of always <laughs> like, why is she wearing clothes that look like this? Well, because she can actually fight in them and she can't fight in these clothes. Mm -hmm. um, so it's just. I'm trying to not be quite as like. Insanely gushy about how much I loved her scenes, so. You, you can you can be as gushy as you want, girl. You were you've been waiting for this for a long time. I know. I've been waiting for this for a long time, and that was so. like you know. And I've said this in other contexts. I don't think I've said it on the show before, but you know, with my mom passing away and the like tie to Wonder Woman, I really wish she would have seen this movie. Like she would have been like really appreciative of this story. Yeah. So I was like, oh god, yeah. yeah. Well, I one of the things that I really loved about the movie was that i mean clearly there is a feminist bent to the movie but what i loved about it was it wasn't man haiti it wasn't Not at you know, all there was no misandry it was like literally you know here's a person that's grown up in this um society that's all women and she doesn't know anything about this stuff and yeah when whenever she encounters it it's like a slap to the face and that's enough you un you get it from there mm -hmm. you, you mm -hmm. don't need any kind there's no you know proselytizing or anything like that it's just like you know it happens here it happens there and you get it she's like you know basically fed up with it until the you know the scene where she's like yelling at them you know how how can you send millions to die right you know knowing they're gonna die you know and i think it really works to that build up of that and mm -hmm. it made it made those other scenes where you know you see their you know misogyny or whatever you want to call it um, it made those scenes play up to something more than it just being about, um, you know, gender politics or anything like that. It made it about people dying, mm -hmm. the difference between people living and people dying. Yeah. Well, it just, I, it just I, made I it really about people. That. Yeah. yeah. I, I really, I really like appreciate humanity. that. Yeah. And I yeah. love the fact humanity. that she, that, there you go. I love the fact that her whole job, what she came to do was save humanity. Yeah, exactly. And she was like absolutely on point about that, regardless of the distractions. And, you know, every time somebody told her, you can't do that, she's like, I'm going to end this war. I'm going to kill Ares and I'm going to end this war. And it was interesting because I was like, I was, like I said, I called that it was going to be Lupin's character from the beginning. Um, yeah. But um, poor guy, we're still what calling him Lupin. Lupin's character. 
here. Like I'm never. I, I'm glad. I, I'm glad I put that bug in here. Oh, I had it. I, I, you know, I, I was calling him Lupin through the whole. The, you know, every time I've talked about it, I'm like, yeah, the guy, the Lupin guy, the bad guy. Um, he hasn't been in enough movies to not be called Lupin. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and he can't be like that. That kind of a character, like in that story, and not. I mean, he looks the exact him. same way too. It's like yeah. the same brown suit. It's the same suit. It was the same clothes. He's same disheveled hair and like face. You know, like they just mm -hmm. yeah. They, yeah. the mustache or something. They could have, like, you know, um, uh, uh, angled him at least a little differently for that. But, um, oh, where's I going with that? Oh, that was, um, oh, what were we just saying? Sorry, I lost my train of thought. The fact that she was on point for saving the world, that was her. Yes, point. yes. That, and I, I wondered given the, the power of metaphor, like, because Steve was like, it's, that isn't a real thing. You're not just going to kill one man and end the war. And she's like, yes, I am. But, you know, that could, in terms of a metaphor, be true. So it could have been that she could have just killed him and ended the war, which it ended up that being like, you know, the myth that she was living was true. Um, but it could have just been as easily have been that she just killed a man who just represented the war powerfully enough to end it. Um, so I thought it was that play between like the mythology being real that she was living and it being a metaphor was was a really nice sort of part of the writing that you could kind of go with. Like, this isn't real. Like, I, I understand you think this is real, but it's not. And then, but it was, so. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at like almost any World War II movie, it's like, you know, there's always almost a line in there. It's like, well, if I kill Hitler, the war's gonna stop. Right. You know, so I mean, it's. Which it's not. That's played out before, which it right. wouldn't. No. You know, there's still other people. Somebody else would just take up the mantle, you know, right. type thing. So, I mean, I guess unless you're a god, then it's right. a little harder to, to rise above that. And the mantle's a little harder to pick up. Yeah. I did, I did like how they played with that. Like, you know, you were never quite sure if she was just delusional. Or, right. Or, you that's know, what That's what I was trying thing. to say. Like, the, the pull between the story being a story and a metaphor and being true, the myth, yeah. the myth being true. And I, and I, you have to like, when I was, you know, when you're watching the movie, you have to like, well, the island was true. Right. <laughs> Wonder Woman is true. So yeah. if these things are true, then Ares is somewhere in the mix. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you said, I, I pegged that guy for, you know, I didn't think he was necessarily Ares. I just thought he was a bad guy somehow. Um, and then when he shows up at the end of the movie, you're like, oh, of course he's Aries, but. Right. But, yeah, I leaned uh, over to Chris and I'm like, see? And he's like, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> I see, he hates that, that I have that. One of the first shows we watched was Farscape. And I called like the main like conflict of the story, like two or three episodes into it. And he's mm -hmm. like, how did you do that? And I'm like. I used to do that to Ryan. He didn't like it very yeah, much. Yeah, true. I mean, nuts. Shut up. <laughs> hey, well, you would like showed me uh, what was it, the usual suspects, and you know, like I wasn't going to figure it out or something. Like 15 minutes, and I was like, oh, Kevin Spacey's the dude. And you're yeah. just like, no, he's not. <laughs> like, yeah, Chris did that. I showed him um, Angel Heart, which is one of those like you meet the bad guy at first, and then they spend the whole movie trying to find him. And Chris is like, oh, he's a bad guy, isn't he? And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> oh, he just became irrelevant. But to your guys' point, they would have sold the you know the delusion of Ares thing a little bit better had Doctor Maru and Lindenloft Lindendorf been better villains. 
Yeah. I, mean, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't. If have you could, that. if you could have believed that they were evil enough to be the main villain of that movie, it would have been more of a surprise at the end to see Ares yeah. show up. I guess so, but I, I didn't. I didn't think that they were as thin as you think they were, or you experienced them to be. Um, Ludendorff and um, Doctor Moreau, Maru, Maru, Maru. Doctor Moreau is somebody else. <laughs> That's actually another fictional character. And he has an island, too. He does. <laughs> <laughs> Maru is the cat on YouTube. <laughs> so... There's a lot of cats on YouTube. Yeah, well, no, we Maru is a very specific cat on YouTube. Like, it's got yeah, a whole channel, like, famous internet cats. <laughs> Somebody so listening we... knows what I'm talking about. All right, all right. Reel it back in here. <laughs> so, uh, do we have any final thoughts about Wonder Woman? Yes, that's what I was going to say, too. Well, I got to keep Ooh. you guys on point. What's um, up? What's up, Brian? You tell us. One bullet point in the likes. The one bullet point in the likes I didn't get to say. So I'm going to say oh, it. Oh, I I'm made sorry. Let's go back to your it's list. Bold. <laughs> yes. Let's go back to my list. It's a, it's a bold point. <laughs> it's a bold point. It's a bold statement. Tell us. Right. Uh, just uh, the other point I was going to make is the way that Diana finds out that she's a god and her inter internal struggle throughout the entire movie was extremely well done. Yes. It didn't, you know... They did not, like, I think Mark was pretty much making the point. It's just, like, it kind of kept you wondering, like, what was reality and what wasn't reality through the entire movie. Like, they didn't spoon feed that to you, like, the audience all knew, but we were just waiting for her to find out, you know, type thing. It's just kind of like, we weren't quite sure what, you know, because I don't yeah. read the comics, so I don't know the backstory of Wonder Woman, like, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> over here, but... Um, so I just I thought that was really great because I was. Show them. <laughs> you should have. Yeah, why, where's the Wonder Woman toys? That that you missed that one. I did. Um, yeah. Just the way that she finds out, it was nice that we got to go on that same ride with her character mm -hmm. and not just have to wait for her to find out at the end. It's like, oh, pff, yeah, we've known since the beginning, lady. Jeez, you know yeah. that thing. So I thought that was really cool. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So to to wrap it all up in a little bow. Um, I'm going to say solid BB plus as far as like oh. overall feelings. Well, we were doing thumbs last time. So I mean, yeah. Where you, where you at with thumbs, like one and a half thumbs. I guess that would be this. I don't know. <laughs> right. Right. What about you, Regina? Like, uh, to sum it up, a I would plus. say, um, as a woman, it was really exciting to finally have a character who was so well designed and well thought out. It was amazing to see characters fight um, with outstanding skill. And like I said, that opening scene um, and to see Diana take her, her belief and her power in humanity and let that drive every decision that she made, um, regardless of what she was told she could or couldn't do. Um, she just took that belief and made it her reality. And uh, that just made it, um, you know, I don't care about the other characters. <laughs> so many thumbs. Well, and that's why you... That's two thumbs up, like, undoubtedly. Yay. Okay, but if we're going to be honest and rate the entire movie, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. That's all I'm saying. I, did, I, thought, I totally agree with you. I thought the Wonder Woman character herself was A-plus all the way. Yeah. As well as Steve Trevor. I thought Chris Pine yeah, did a really nice was job. Good too. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But even, you know, I, I, you know, Robin Wright's character was, was fantastic. Um, and there were so many little, you know, things that were just great about it. 
um, I I still think that all of that overshadows um, potentially uh, stereotyped or cardboard villains who I didn't think were quite as stereotyped. But they were still there. As Ryan <laughs> thinks that they were. I didn't think they were as objective as, as a, not objective. I don't know. They were just, they um, were just. Um, objectionable. Sorry, I had to find my word. Objectionable as, as Ryan did. So. Uh, I, th anyway. I think they were just a, a hair's breadth away from looking for a moose and squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. But, um, but so much of it is so much great, more important that's great. That's a good way are. of putting it. All of the other I didn't even think so about that. More important than that. So. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say that I'm going to give it a like a uh, thumb and a half. <laughs> <laughs> this is the official summary. I love your interpretations of this. I'm hoping nobody um, watches this without the sound turned off because they'll just... They'll be like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> on? Are they making their own um, geeky gang signs? Like... I, I felt like um, the movie basically was the window into into Wonder Woman's world, but I didn't feel like it was hung up on all the baggage that Zack Snyder's been trying to drop into the, the other movies that he's been involved in so far. Um, you know, there was it was definitely it had it definitely had its dark and gritty tinge to it. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, there was a lot of joy and and joie de vivre, um, you know, especially in the opening scenes where you're getting to see little Diana and you're getting to see her grow up on, on the island and all that sort of stuff. Um, I thought that uh, the battle scenes with with her in them were great. We didn't even touch on uh, when she goes to actually uh, get the Germans out of the village um, that they go to after she you know goes over the top. Oh right, and that that fight scene was phenomenal as well i mean i think all of, all of the battle scenes were really great I, meh, I i think that maybe the aries battle scene was a little too over the top for me um, i felt like it if, if there was any time that i felt like it kind of dragged a little bit it was there where i was like i could i could move along from this now they're two demigods fighting each other of course is going to be terrible and big and explosive yeah but um other than that, I thought all the all the battle scenes and fight scenes were great, um, and like I said, I didn't. I, it's it's definitely um, you know a pro woman movie and 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 go Wonder Woman, but I don't feel like it's stepping on men to get there. It, it has its message and and it rings loud and true. And um, otherwise, you know, it's a great popcorn movie too. You can just sit back and enjoy it for what it is. Cool. Very good. Well, thanks guys for watching with me and uh, and uh, hanging out to here to talk about it. Uh, for those of you watching or listening, please, we'd love to hear what you guys think. So head on over to thegeekembassy.com and leave us a comment about your thoughts about the Wonder Woman movie. Uh, maybe in particular about this little disagreement that Ryan and I have about... <laughs> how cardboardy, how cardboardy were the not really bad bad guys. I could see your disappointment if I would have said that Wonder Woman was cardboardy, and oh she was God, not. Oh my God, I would have, I, you know, you are, you know, half a state away from me right now, but I would have found a way to choke you had you said Wonder Woman was cardboardy. <laughs> and I I'm not know. disappointed, wow. like, I, I can understand that. I guess I just think it doesn't take away from the movie as much as you do. So, so here's a question for you, Regina. I know you're trying to wrap it up, but I yes. do have a question for you that is important. 
at any point in time, was it possible that you could have hated this movie? I mean, not yes. like if it was like if they did make Diana worse, not that I mean, if it had been anything like every other DC movie that's come out in the last 10 years, I would have hated it. And I would have cried for other reasons <laughs> than the ones I was crying because the odd Get this onion you know, out of my face. Get the onion out of my face. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, you know, the, the reasons why I was emotionally attached to it the way that I was was because they didn't do what they normally do. And so they're, they're you know, they're, I very much could have. And I do feel like I could be objective. Um, you know, and I will admit when I'm not, and I will admit, fully admit that there is a lot of emotion and a lot of history, you know, with the character that I'm taking into this. And maybe that did give it the half a thumb greater um, uh, rating that I'm giving it in our discussion here. But I still think that in the overall um, for the movie, the things that are communicated through it with, like Mark said, a feminist agenda that was empowering to everyone mm -hmm. watching it, I think just surpasses the fact that, you know, two of the bad guys weren't as fleshed out or as, you know, thought thoughtfully written as they might have been. And I right. still I still think they probably, movie. <laughs> what? I I still yes. think that those two probably have more story behind them that was left on the cutting room. Well and she didn't die. She didn't die. Yeah. And it, and you don't know the and I know you guys don't read the histories, but um, Doctor Poison was the first bad guy that Wonder Woman fought in the first series of comics. Oh, um, so there is a lot of history there, um, and she wasn't, she didn't, she took mercy on her, she didn't kill her, she let her escape. So the likelihood that she could come back, I think, is pretty high. Um, uh, also, so well, and she wasn't really. I mean, I. I I think Mark said that she was tragic, you yes. know, so it didn't, I will say this for her character, that they left enough there to, I mean, it was a disappointment because, yeah, it would have been nice to like, because she seemed like a really good actress and the character seemed really interesting, but they just, they stepped on her to get to, to the guy that wasn't the actual villain and it just, it would have been nice yeah. for her it, to be in there without the guy. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I I didn't I thought it was just going to she was going to be the maniacal. But but you know, in a in a movie that is kind of trying to communicate feminist, you know, maybe I don't know. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to stop. I'm not even going to say that cuz I haven't I haven't fleshed <laughs> that thought out. Um and I don't want to go somewhere that I'm not ready to go without my like thoughts about it about me. Um and to, like to everybody who's listening and watching, this is the Friday after I was at E3 for three days. So it's amazing that I've held myself together this well this long. Yeah, she's got an E3 hangover. I do. Like, <laughs> All right, let's wrap this up, people. I was there. <laughs> let's wrap it up, people. All right. The good, the good viewers have had enough of our shenanigans. Of our shenanigans. But hopefully they haven't, and hopefully they will return to our shenanigans for our July pick is going to be Spider-Man. Homecoming. Homecoming, insert subtitle here. Uh, so we're going to go see. We're going to watch for the Geek Embassy watches. We will be watching um, Spider-Man um, in July. I'm not sure. Do you, anybody know what the date is that it comes out on the top of their heads? I thought it was the uh, I think it's 14th, July 14th, maybe? The 14th, okay. Or maybe, no, it's the 7th. I think it's July 7th. Okay. Um, so. And we're also going to make a pledge that for August, we're not going to be watching a superhero movie. Yes. 
Yes, in theaters July 7th. Yes, it's in theaters July 7th. So we will have it probably about two weeks after that. So about this time in July. So in about a month, we'll have the Geek Embassy Watches Spider-Man Homecoming as our next episode in this series. Please, if you haven't, check out our The Geek Embassy Plays Pathfinder series, uh, where you can watch me flub and fall down and get covered with spiders. And I saved you. And you saved me. <laughs> And we also fight the, the episode that's coming out that will already be out by the time this episode is out. Um, we um, we actually fight some goblins for the first time, which is really exciting too. So go check out the Geek Embassy watches, the Geek Embassy plays, and check out thegeekembassy.com. We love your thoughts and your comments. Please share. And until next time, get your geek on. Whoop, whoop. Bye. 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 <laughs> Bye. All right, clapboard. Clapboard. Yeah, where's the end sign? Yeah, upside down starts. <laughs> it still says we're live. I know I haven't hit the button yet. <laughs>